You're listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast, now on Google Play. With Sandy Almendares, Editor-in-Chief. This podcast was recorded live in Secaucus, New Jersey at Supply Site East. And welcome to a Supply Side East edition of the Healthy Insider Podcast. And I'm Sandy, and I am on site in Secaucus, New Jersey at Supply Side East. And I'm excited to be sitting here with Tara Lynn Couch. She is the Senior Director of Dietary Supplement and Tobacco Services at EAS Consulting. Hi, Tara. Hi, how are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thanks for the opportunity. We are going to talk about DSHEA, the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act of 1994. It is the 25th anniversary of DSHEA this year, and Insider is celebrating with a series of podcasts. And Tara has lots and lots of experience with DSHEA, and specifically with GMPs, the Good Manufacturing Practices, at, at her role at EAS. Um, she, by training, is an analytical and organic chemist. She has over 25 years of diverse laboratory and regulatory experience. She's worked in academia, in contract manufacturing environments as well. She's worked uh, quality control for pharmaceuticals, dietary supplement, and tobacco manufacturing. She has assisted numerous companies with the development and improvement and implementation of quality systems that are compliant with all FDA regulations. She does mock FDA inspections, and she provides GMP and lab trainings via seminar, webinar, and on-site presentations. Uh, I've actually seen her give an on-site presentation once, and she's fabulous. Uh, So uh, let's talk about Deshay, Tara. How does Deshay affect your job, and how often do you consider it in the work that you do? Well, thank you for that introduction. I always feel old when I hear all that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, as a senior director of dietary supplements at EAS Consulting Group, I assist clients with compliance to all applicable FDA regulations and statutory requirements. And Deshay literally defined what it is to be a dietary supplement. And so that's the foundation of all of the work that I do at, at EAS. So your bio says that you have 25 years experience, and that's just as long as Deshay has been around. Did, did you have a chance to observe dietary supplement manufacturing before Deshay? And if you did, like how, how was that different than after Deshay? Well, I've been in a laboratory since I was 18, but I was not in the dietary supplement industry mm-hmm. pre-Deshay. Um, I was, however, in the industry before the dietary supplement GMPs dictated in 21 CFR 111 um, were issued and have had experienced the transition before and after the GMPs came into play firsthand. And the industry used to be referred to as the wild, wild west, Uh (laughs) and we earned that reputation for sure. Um, But the GMPs changed everything. Mm -hmm. So even for companies that were generally operating under a 21 CFR 210-211 pharmaceutical type of environment, um, the system was significantly impacted. So my company was one of those that that had that experience. Um, The two regulations are very similar, but the classification of dietary supplements as a food means that all of the ingredients that are placed on the label must meet at least 100% Mm -hmm. of their label claims. So the products could no longer be formulated to 100% 
So you suddenly had to add an overage to every single ingredient that had a label claim. And that meant that every product that you had had to be completely reformulated. Right. And this was a monumental challenge for the industry and still is to this day. The companies haven't, that qu- haven't quite figured this out yet or that are in the process of this still. Um, what that meant is an increase in the dosage unit. So particularly for tablets and capsules, mm-hmm. suddenly you had a dosage unit that was you could no longer swallow. Right. <laughs> or they suddenly wouldn't fit into the bottle, and so you had to resize the bottle. That itself um, required you to make a label change because it no longer fit the bottle because it was right. now a different bottle. Um, and even if you had cotton or a desiccant that was in there, that suddenly didn't fit um, then there were other requirements, other things about powders, like scoop sizes suddenly were too small mm-hmm. to meet the dosage that you had originally intended. Um, and then in terms of the manufacturing process itself, blender capacities were then exceeded. Mm-hmm. Um, you had to add additional um, processing aids or flow aids. Mixing times had to be adjusted. Um, in the laboratory, the different ratios of the ingredients to account for those overage suddenly incurred interferences that you didn't have before. So test methods had to be revalidated or re-verified. Um, and even the concentration range that the method had originally been been ver- verified or validated for was suddenly not big enough. Um, right. And then stability studies had to all be repeated because right. you had a totally different formulation. So it was crazy. <laughs> and that, that's so, it, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's something I wouldn't, I didn't think about. And it's one aspect of Deshay that just had to do with the amount of ingredient had, had to be at the end of shelf life versus at manufacture. So that's one portion of it. And uh, I mean, I imagine that there was dozens of others that were that uh, were like that, that had this downstream effect that, absolutely. that changed so many things about how supplements were manufactured. Right. And as I said, this, is, this was even for companies that understood what GMPs were about and were generally following pharmaceutical regulations. Right. So even for the more sophisticated companies that got it in terms of good manufacturing practices had huge challenges. Right, right. So that was what 2007 I think when GMPs were first issued and then you know there was some compliance dates in there but how have the GMPs evolved since 2007? So I don't I don't really think that the GMPs themselves have evolved but the um, enforcement of Mm -hmm. the regulation has so and this is really a factor of the growing sophistication of dietary supplement companies um, and the systems that they have employed. So they get better over time. Mm-hmm. So you, you learn as you, as you go through the process. So, I mean, initially the observations were that you didn't even have raw material component specifications or finished product specifications. You didn't have a batch record. You didn't have a quality system. So now people generally have those things, but they don't have all the specific requirements that are dictated in 21 CFR 111 mm-hmm. to meet all the requirements of those of those topics, right? Right. That makes sense. But so you're saying the GMPs themselves haven't involved, but then there's that C in front of GMPs, the right. current good manufacturing practices. So aren't they designed to actually evolve and, and change? Right. Well, the 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 GMP that's dictated in, in 111 doesn't change, right? Uh-huh. But as you say, the little C means that you have to remain current on all the processes. So if you think about, you know, 
who even had a cell phone 15 years ago. <laughs> right, right. right. So, so things certainly do change. So the level of sophistication of how you would meet that GMP is significantly different. Okay. And how you would create a specification, how you create a master manufacturing record. Now, many people use electronic batch records as opposed to a, you know, formal paper document that you would make a copy of on a Xerox machine or right. something. So, but, but even the, the processes themselves, what the FDA, what companies have learned and what the FDA is seeing as best practice is m- more sophisticated. Okay, that makes sense. So is there anything, if there was anything that you could change about Deshay, what would you change and why? Well, in my opinion, the biggest omission of um, Deshay was, and, and particularly 21 CFR 111, was the omission of raw material suppliers to mm-hmm. comply with mm-hmm. the regulation. Um, so at the time, um, that, that meant that uh, food suppliers, which is how they were classified then, because dietary supplements are a classification of foods, um, they had to comply only with 21 CFR 110, which was basically a sanitation regulation. So that put all the onus on the manufacturer to make sure that the incoming raw materials um, met all the very strict requirements that are dictated for a raw material in, in 21 CFR 11170, which has, has all those requirements laid out. And so we would try to work with the suppliers and you know want to qualify them so we could rely on a C of A. Oftentimes we were lucky if they even gave us a C of A, and it certainly didn't even ha- didn't have all the requirements for identity, purity, strength, composition, and contaminants on it. So all the onus was on us, and so that was very very challenging. So um, in my experience, when you do have a very strong GMP system, your problems are usually related to your incoming materials. That's the one foreign thing that comes into your facility. Right. So, and, and not necessarily that it's a foreign material, but a lot of your materials are foreign. Right. So, so that makes it uh, very, very challenging. The FDA has tried to address that to some degree now with FISMA. Yeah. So we have the Food Safety Modernization Act. So 117 is the new GMPs for foods, and it is much stronger than 110, but it's still nowhere near the level of 21 CFR 111. So you still have that, ch- that challenge. Um, and still get a lot of pushback from the raw material suppliers when you dictate, I want all of these tests to be done, and I want them on a C of A, and I want you to qualify and verify these test methods. They're not doing a lot of that because that's not required in right. 117. So right. it's still a challenge. It's it's better, but it's still a challenge. Right. And if the, those practices even outlined in FISMA were established back in you know 2007 with the GMPs, they would... You know, you would imagine they would be up to the sophistication that GMPs are now, whereas they are not at this point. Right. But even in 117, all it really talks about is doing testing for physical, chemical, and microbiological contaminants. That's really all it says. Oh, really? So it doesn't talk about testing. The word specifications isn't even in the reg anywhere in Hmm. 117. So there's significant differences in the way you would approach a laboratory setting and meeting GMPs underneath 117 versus 111. Hmm, interesting. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Tara, to talk about Deshay. Thank you. For more award-winning podcasts from industry experts, go to insider.com and click in the podcast section. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play by searching Healthy Insider Podcast. Hit subscribe to never miss an episode. To join the conversation about the health and nutrition industry, leave a comment on the podcast's Twitter, Facebook, or SoundCloud account.